Welcome to Reading RPG Rules. In this podcast, I read specific rule sections from role-playing games, so you can sit back and learn or reaffirm while listening. Today I'm reading Using Ability Scores from the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Player's Handbook. Using Ability Scores Six abilities provide a quick description of every creature's physical and mental characteristics. Strength, measuring physical power. Dexterity, measuring agility. Constitution, measuring endurance. Intelligence, measuring reason and memory. Wisdom, measuring perception and insight. Charisma, measuring force of personality. Is a character muscle-bound and insightful? Brilliant and charming, nimble and hardy. Ability scores define these qualities, a creature's assets as well as weaknesses. The three main roles of the game, the ability check, the saving throw and the attack roll, rely on the six ability scores. The book's introduction describes the basic rule behind these roles. Roll a d20, add an ability modifier derived from one of the six ability scores and compare the total to a target number. This chapter focuses on how to use ability checks and saving throws, covering the fundamental activities that creatures attempt in the game. Rules for attack rolls appear in Chapter 9, Combat. Ability Scores and Modifiers Each of a creature's abilities has a score, a number that defines the magnitude of that ability. An ability score is not just a measure of innate capabilities, but also encompasses a creature's training and competence in activities related to that ability. A score of 10 or 11 is the normal human average, but adventurers and many monsters are a cut above average in most abilities. A score of 18 is the highest that a person usually reaches. Adventurers can have scores as high as 20 and monsters and divine beings can have scores as high as 30. Each ability also has a modifier, derived from the score and ranging from minus 5 for an ability score of 1 to plus 10 for a score of 30. The ability scores and modifiers table notes the ability modifiers for the range of possible ability scores from 1 to 30. To determine an ability modifier without consulting the table, subtract 10 from the ability score and then divide the total by 2, round down. Because ability modifiers affect almost every attack roll, ability check and saving throw, ability modifiers come up in play more often than their associated scores. Advantage and Disadvantage Sometimes, a special ability or spell tells you that you have advantage or disadvantage on an ability check, a saving throw or an attack roll. When that happens, you roll a second d20 when you make the roll. Use the higher of the two rolls if you have advantage and use a lower if you have disadvantage. For example, if you have disadvantage and roll a 17 and a 5, you use the 5. If you instead have advantage and roll those numbers, you use the 17. If multiple situations affect a roll and each one grants advantage or imposes disadvantage on it, you don't roll more than one additional d20. 
If two favourable situations grant advantage, for example, you still roll only one additional d20. If circumstances cause a roll to have both advantage and disadvantage, you are considered to have neither of them, and you roll one d20. This is true even if multiple circumstances impose disadvantage and only one grants advantage, or vice versa. In such a situation, you have neither advantage nor disadvantage. When you have advantage or disadvantage, and something in the game, such as a halfling's lucky trait, lets you re-roll the d20, you can re-roll only one of the dice. You choose which one. For example, if a halfling has advantage or disadvantage on an ability check and rolls a 1 and a 13, the halfling could use a lucky trait to re-roll the 1. You usually gain advantage or disadvantage through the use of special abilities, actions or spells. Inspiration can also give a character advantage, as explained in Chapter 4, Personality and Background. The DM can also decide that circumstances influence a role in one direction or the other, and grant advantage or impose disadvantage as a result. Proficiency bonus. Characters have a proficiency bonus determined by level, as detailed in Chapter 1. Monsters also have this bonus, which is incorporated in their stat block. The bonus is used in the rules on ability checks, saving throws and attack rolls. Your proficiency bonus can't be added to a single die roll or other number more than once. For example, if two different rules say you can add your proficiency bonus to a wisdom saving throw, you nevertheless add the bonus only once when you make the save. Occasionally, your proficiency bonus might be multiplied or divided, doubled or halved, for example, before you apply it. For example, the rogue's expertise feature doubles the proficiency bonus for certain ability checks. If a circumstance suggests that your proficiency bonus applies more than once to the same role, you still add it only once and multiply or divide it only once. By the same token, if a feature or effect allows you to multiply your proficiency bonus when making an ability check that wouldn't normally benefit from your proficiency bonus, you still don't add the bonus to the check. For that check, your proficiency bonus is zero. Given the fact that multiplying zero by any number is still zero, for instance, if you lack proficiency in the history skill, you gain no benefit from a feature that lets you double your proficiency bonus when you make intelligent history checks. In general, you don't multiply your proficiency bonus for attack rolls or saving throws. If a feature or effect allows you to do so, these same rules apply. Ability checks. An ability check tests a character's or monster's innate talent and training in an effort to overcome a challenge. The DM calls for an ability check when a character or monster attempts an action, other than an attack, that has a chance of failure. When the outcome is uncertain, the dice determine the results. For every ability check, the DM decides which of the six abilities is relevant to the task at hand, and the difficulty of the task represented by the difficulty class. The more difficult a task, the higher the DC. The typical difficulty class's table shows the most common DCs. Very easy, DC 5, 
Easy, DC-10. Medium, DC-15. Hard, DC-20. Very hard, DC-25. Nearly impossible, DC-30. To make an ability check, roll a D20 and add the relevant ability modifier. As, with other D20 rolls, apply bonuses and penalties and compare the total to the DC. If the total equals or exceeds the DC, the ability check is a success. The creature overcomes the challenge at hand. Otherwise, it's a failure, which means the character or monster makes no progress toward the objective or makes progress combined with a setback determined by the DM. Contests. Sometimes one character's or monster's efforts are directly opposed to another's. This can occur when both of them are trying to do the same thing and only one can succeed, such as attempting to snatch up a magical ring that has fallen to the floor. This situation also applies when one of them is trying to prevent the other one from accomplishing a goal. For example, when a monster tries to force open a door that an adventurer is holding closed. In situations like these, the outcome is determined by a special form of ability check called a contest. Both participants in a contest make ability checks appropriate to their efforts. They apply all appropriate bonuses and penalties, but instead of comparing the total to a DC, they compare the totals of their two checks. The participant with the higher check total wins the contest. That character or monster either succeeds at the action or prevents the other from succeeding. If the contest results in a tie, the situation remains the same as it was before the contest. Thus, one contestant might win the contest by default. If two characters tie in a contest to snatch a ring off the floor, neither character grabs it. In a contest between a monster trying to open a door and an adventurer trying to keep the door closed, a tie means that the door remains shut. Skills Each ability covers a broad range of capabilities, including skills that a character or monster can be proficient in. A skill represents a specific aspect of an ability score, and an individual's proficiency in a skill demonstrates a focus on that aspect. A character's starting skill proficiencies are determined at character creation, and a monster's skill proficiencies appear in the monster's stat block. For example, a dexterity check might reflect a character's attempt to pull off an acrobatic stunt, to palm an object, or to stay hidden. Each of these aspects of dexterity has an associated skill, acrobatics, sleight of hand, and stealth respectively. As a character whose proficiency in stealth skill is particularly good at dexterity checks related to sneaking and hiding. The skills relating to each ability score are shown in the following list. No skills are related to constitution. See an ability's description in the later sections of this chapter for examples of how to use a skill associated with an ability. Strength. Athletics. Dexterity, acrobatics, sleight of hand, stealth, intelligence, arcane, history, investigation, nature, religion, wisdom, animal handling, insight, medicine, perception, survival, charisma, 
deception, intimidation, performance, persuasion. Sometimes the DM might ask for an ability check using a specific skill. For example, make a wisdom perception check. At other times, a player might ask the DM if proficiency in a particular skill applies to a check. In either case, proficiency in a skill means an individual can add his or her proficiency bonus to ability checks that involve that skill. Without proficiency in the skill, the individual makes a normal ability check. For example, if a character attempts to climb up a dangerous cliff, the dungeon master might ask for a strength athletics check. If the character is proficient in athletics, the character's proficiency bonus is added to the strength check. If the character lacks that proficiency, he or she just makes a strength check. Variant. Skills with different abilities. Normally, your proficiency in a skill applies only to a specific kind of ability check. Proficiency in athletics, for example, usually applies to strength checks. In some situations, though, your proficiency might reasonably apply to a different kind of check. In such cases, the DM might ask for a check using an unusual combination of ability and skill, or you might ask your DM if you can apply proficiency to a different check. For example, if you have to swim from an offshore island to the mainland, your DM might call for a constitution check to see if you have the stamina to make it that far. In this case, your DM might allow you to apply your proficiency in athletics and ask for a constitution athletics check. So, if you're proficient in athletics, you apply your proficiency bonus to the constitution check just as you would do normally for a strength athletics check. Similarly, when your half-orc barbarian uses a display of raw strength to intimidate an enemy, your DM might ask for a strength intimidation check, even though intimidation is normally associated with charisma. Passive checks. A passive check is a special kind of ability check that doesn't involve any die rolls. Such a check can represent the average result for a task done repeatedly such as searching for secret doors over and over again, or can be used when the DM wants to secretly determine whether the characters succeed at something without rolling a dice, such as noticing a hidden monster. Here's how to determine a character's total for a passive check. 10 plus all modifiers that normally apply to the check. If the character has advantage on the check, add 5, for disadvantage, subtract 5. The game refers to a passive check total as a score. For example, if a first level character has a wisdom of 15 and proficiency in perception, he or she has a passive wisdom perception score of 14. The rules on hiding in the dexterity section below rely on passive checks, as do the exploration rules in Chapter 8, Adventuring. Working together. Sometimes two or more characters team up to attempt a task. The character who's leading the effort or the one with the highest ability modifier can make an ability check with advantage reflecting the help provided by the other characters. In combat, this requires the help action. See chapter 9, Combat. 
a character can only provide help if the task is one that he or she could attempt alone. For example, trying to open a lock requires proficiency with thieves tools, so a character who lacks the proficiency can't help another character in that task. Moreover, a character can help only when two or more individuals working together could actually be productive. Some tasks such as threading a needle are no easier with help. Group checks. When a number of individuals are trying to accomplish something in a group, the DM might ask for a group ability check. In such a situation, the characters who are skilled at a particular task help cover those who aren't. To make a group ability check, everyone in the group makes the ability check. If at least half the group succeeds, the whole group succeeds. Otherwise, the group fails. Group checks don't come up very often, and they're most useful when all the characters succeed or fail as a group. For example, when adventurers are navigating a swamp, the DM might call for a group wisdom survival check to see if the characters can avoid the quicksand, sinkholes and other natural hazards of the environment. If at least half the group succeeds, the successful characters are able to guide their companions out of danger. Otherwise, the group stumbles into one of those hazards. Using each ability. Every task that a character or monster might attempt in the game is covered by one of the six abilities. This section explains in more detail what those abilities mean and the ways they are used in game. Strength. Strength measures bodily power, athletic training, and the extent to which you can exert raw physical force. Strength checks. A strength check can model any attempt to lift, push, pull, or break something, to force your body through a space, or otherwise apply brute force to a situation. The athletic skill reflects aptitude in certain kinds of strength checks. Athletics. Your strength athletics check covers difficult situations you encounter when climbing, jumping, or swimming. Examples include the following activities. You attempt to climb a sheer or slippery cliff, avoid hazards while scaling a wall, or climbing to a surface whilst something is trying to knock you off. You try to jump an unusually long distance or pull off a stunt mid-jump. You struggle to swim or stay afloat in a treacherous current, storm-tossed waves or areas of thick seaweed, or another creature tries to push or pull you underwater or otherwise interfere with your swimming. Other strength checks. The DM might also call for a strength check when you try to accomplish tasks like the following. Force open a stuck, locked or barred door. Break free of bonds. Push through a tunnel that is too small. Hang on to a wagon while being dragged behind it. Tip over a statue. Keep a boulder from rolling. Attack rolls and damage. You add your strength modifier to your attack roll and your damage roll when attacking with a melee weapon, such as a mace, a battle axe or a javelin. You use melee weapons to make melee attacks in hand-to-hand -hand combat and some of them can be thrown to make a ranged attack. Lifting and carrying. Your strength score determines the amount of weight you can bear. 
The following terms define what you can lift or carry. Carrying capacity. Your carrying capacity is your strength score multiplied by 15. This is the weight in pounds that you can carry, which is high enough that most characters don't usually have to worry about it. Push, drag or lift. You can push, drag or lift a weight in pounds up to twice your carrying capacity or 30 times your strength score. While pushing or dragging weight in excess of your carrying capacity, your speed drops to 5 feet. Size and strength. Larger creatures can bear more weight whereas tiny creatures can carry less. For each size category above medium, double the creature's carrying capacity and the amount it can push, drag or lift. For a tiny creature, halve these weights. Variant. Encumbrance. The rules for lifting and carrying are intentionally simple. Here is a variant if you are looking for more detailed rules for determining how a character is hindered by the weight of equipment. When you use this variant, ignore the strength column of the armour table in Chapter 5, Equipment. If you carry weight in excess of five times your strength score, you are encumbered, which means your speed drops by 10 feet. If you carry weight in excess of 10 times your strength score, up to your maximum carrying capacity, you are instead heavily encumbered, which means your speed drops by 20 feet and you have disadvantage on ability checks, attack rolls and saving throws that use strength, dexterity or constitution. Dexterity. Dexterity measures agility, reflexes and balance. Dexterity checks. Dexterity check can model any attempt to move nimbly, quickly or quietly, or to keep from falling on tricky footing. The acrobatics, sleight of hand and stealth skills reflect aptitude in certain kinds of dexterity checks. Acrobatics. Your dexterity acrobatics check covers your ability to stay on your feet in a tricky situation, such as when you're trying to run across a sheet of ice balance on a tightrope, or stay upright on a rocking ship's deck. The DM might also call for a dexterity acrobatics check to see if you can perform acrobatic stunts, including dives, rolls, somersaults and flips. Sleight of hand. Whenever you attempt an act of legerdemain or manual trickery, such as planting something on someone else or concealing an object on your person, make a dexterity sleight of hand check. The DM might also call for a dexterity sleight of hand check to determine whether you can lift a coin purse off another person or slip something out of another person's pocket. Stealth. Make a dexterity stealth check when you attempt to conceal yourself from enemies, slink past guards, slip away without being noticed or sneak up on someone without being seen or heard. Other dexterity checks. The DM might call for a dexterity check when you try to accomplish tasks like the following. Controlling a heavily laden cart on a steep descent. Steer a chariot around a tight turn. Pick a lock. Disable a trap. Securely tie up a prisoner. Wriggle free of bonds. Play a stringed instrument. Craft a small or detailed object. Attack rolls and damage. 
you add your dexterity modifier to your attack roll and your damage roll when attacking with a ranged weapon, such as a sling or a longbow. You can also add your dexterity modifier to your attack roll and your ability roll when attacking with a melee weapon that has the finesse property, such as a dagger or a rapier. Hiding. The DM decides when circumstances are appropriate for hiding. When you try to hide, make a dexterity stealth check. Until you are discovered or you stop hiding, that check's total is contested by the wisdom perception check of any creature that actively searches for signs of your presence. You can't hide from a creature that can see you clearly, and you give away your position if you make noise such as shouting or warning or knocking over a vase. An invisible creature can always try to hide. Signs of its passage might still be noticed, but it does have to stay quiet. In combat, most creatures stay alert for signs of danger all around, so if you come out of hiding and approach a creature, it usually sees you. However, under certain circumstances, the DM might allow you to stay hidden as you approach a creature that is distracted, allowing you to gain advantage on an attack roll before you are seen. Passive Perception When you hide, there's a chance someone will notice you even if they aren't searching. To determine whether such a creature notices you, the DM compares your dexterity stealth check with the creature's passive wisdom perception score, which equals 10 plus the creature's wisdom modifier, as well as any other bonuses or penalties. If the creature has advantage, add 5. For disadvantage, subtract 5. For example, if a first level character with the proficiency bonus of plus 2 has a wisdom of 15, a plus two modifier, and proficiency in perception, he or she has a passive wisdom perception of 14. What can you see? One of the main factors to determining whether you can find a hidden creature or object is how well you can see in an area, which might be lightly or heavily obscured, as explained in chapter eight, Adventuring. Armor class. Depending on your armour you wear, you might add some or all of your dexterity modifier to your armour class as described in Chapter 5, Equipment. Initiative. At the beginning of every combat, you roll initiative by making a dexterity check. Initiative determines the order of creatures' turns in combat as described in Chapter 9, Combat. Constitution. Constitution measures health, stamina, and vital force. Constitution checks. Constitution checks are uncommon and no skills apply to constitution checks because the endurance disability represents is largely passive rather than involving a specific effort on the part of a character or monster. A constitution check can model your attempt to push beyond normal limits however. The DM might call for a constitution check when you try to accomplish tasks like the following. Holding your breath. March or labour for hours without rest. Go without sleep. Survive without food or water. Quaff an entire stein of ale in one go. Hit points. Your constitution modifier contributes to your hit points. Typically, you add your constitution modifier to each hit die you roll for your hit points. 
If your constitution modifier changes, your hit point maximum changes as well, as though you had the new modifier from first level. For example, if you raise your constitution score when you reach fourth level and your constitution modifier increases from plus one to plus two, you adjust your hit points maximum as though the modifier had always been plus two. So you add three hit points for your first three levels and then roll your hit points for the fourth level using your new modifier. Or if you're seventh level and some effect lowers your constitution score so as to reduce your constitution modifier by one, your hit point maximum is reduced by seven. Intelligence. Intelligence measures mental acuity, accuracy of recall, and the ability to reason. Intelligence checks. An intelligence check comes into play when you need to draw on logic, education, memory, or deductive reasoning. The arcane, history, investigation, nature, and religion skills reflect aptitude in certain kinds of intelligence checks. Arcane. Your intelligence arcane check measures your ability to recall law about spells, magic items, eldritch symbols, magical traditions, the planes of existence, and the inhabitants of those planes. History. Your intelligence history check measures your ability to recall law about historical events, legendary people, ancient kingdoms, past disputes, recent wars, and lost civilizations. Investigation. When you are looking around for clues and make deductions based on those clues, you make an intelligence investigation check. You might deduce the location of a hidden object, discern from the appearance of a wound what kind of weapon dealt it, or determine the weakest point in a tunnel that could cause it to collapse. Poring through ancient scrolls in search of a hidden fragment of knowledge might also call for intelligence investigation check. Nature. Your intelligence nature check measures your ability to recall law about terrain, plants and animals the weather, and natural cycles. Religion. Your intelligence religion check measures your ability to recall law about deities, rites, and players' religious hierarchies, holy symbols, and the practices of secret cults. Other intelligence checks. The deer might call for intelligence check when you try to accomplish tasks like the following. Communicate with a creature without using words. Estimate the value of a precious item. Pull together a disguise to pass as a city guard. Forge a document. Recall law about a craft or trade. Win a game of skill. Spellcasting ability. Wizards use intelligence as their spellcasting ability, which helps determine the saving throw DCs of the spells they cast. Wisdom. Wisdom reflects how attuned you are to the world around you and represents perceptiveness and intuition. Wisdom checks. A wisdom check might reflect an effort to read body language, understand someone's feelings, notice things about the environment, or care for an injured person. The animal handling, insight, medicine, perception, and survival skills reflect aptitude in certain kinds of wisdom checks. Animal Handling 
When there is any question whether you can calm down a domesticated animal, keep a mount from getting spooked, or intuit an animal's intentions, the deer might call for a wisdom animal handling check. You also make a wisdom animal handling check to control your mount when you attempt a risky manoeuvre. Insight Your wisdom insight check decides whether you can determine the true intentions of a creature, such as when searching out a lie or predicting someone's next move. Doing so involves gleaning clues from body language, speech habits and changes in mannerisms. Medicine A wisdom medicine check lets you try to stabilise a dying companion or diagnose an illness. Perception Your wisdom perception check lets you spot, hear or otherwise detect the presence of something. It measures your general awareness of your surroundings and the keenness of your senses. Finding an object When your character searches for a hidden object, such as a secret door or a trap, the DM typically asks you to make a wisdom perception check. Such a check can be used to find hidden details or other information and clues that you might otherwise overlook. In most cases, you need to describe where you are looking in order for the DM to determine your chance of success. For example, you might try to hear a conversation through a closed door, eavesdrop under an open window, or hear monsters moving stealthily in the forest. You might try to spot things that are obscured or easy to miss, whether they are orcs lying in ambush on a road, thugs hiding in the shadows of an alley, or candlelight under a closed secret door. Survival. The DM might ask you to make a wisdom survival check to follow tracks, hunt wild game, guide your group through frozen wastelands, identify signs that owl bears live nearby, predict the weather, or avoid quicksand and other natural hazards. Other wisdom checks. The DM might call for a wisdom check when you try to accomplish tasks like the following. Get a gut feeling about what course of action to follow. Discern whether a seemingly dead or living creature is undead. Spellcasting ability. Clerics, druids and rangers use wisdom as their spellcasting ability, which helps determine the saving throw DCs of spells they cast. Finding a hidden object. When your character searches for a hidden object such as a secret door or a trap, the DM typically asks you to make a wisdom perception check. Such a check can be used to find hidden details or other information and clues that you might otherwise overlook. In most cases, you need to describe where you're looking in order for the DM to determine your choice of success. For example, a key is hidden beneath a set of folded clothes in the top drawer of a bureau. If you tell the DM that you pace around the room looking at the walls and furniture for clues, you have no chance of finding the key, regardless of your wisdom perception check result. You would have to specify that you are opening the drawers to search the bureau in order to have any chance of success. Charisma Charisma measures your ability to interact effectively with others. It includes such factors as confidence and eloquence, and it can represent a charming or commanding personality. Charisma Checks 
A charisma check might arise when you're trying to influence or entertain others, when you try to make an impression or tell a convincing lie, or when you are navigating a tricky social situation. The deception, intimidation, performance and persuasion skills reflect aptitude in certain kinds of charisma checks. Deception. Your charisma deception check determines whether you can convincingly hide the truth, either verbally or through your actions. This deception can encompass everything from misleading others through ambiguity to telling outright lies. Typical situations include trying to fast-talk a guard, con a merchant, earn money through gambling, pass yourself off in a disguise, dull someone's suspicions with false assertions, or maintain a straight face while telling a blatant lie. Intimidation. When you attempt to influence someone through overt threats, hostile actions, and physical violence, the DM might ask you to make a charisma intimidation check. Examples include trying to pry information out of a prisoner, convincing street thugs to back down from a confrontation, or using the edge of a broken bottle to convince a sneering vizier to reconsider a decision. Performance. Your charisma performance check determines how well you can delight an audience with music, dance, acting, storytelling, or some other form of entertainment. Persuasion. When you attempt to influence someone or a group of people with tact, social graces or good nature, the DM might ask you to make a charisma persuasion check. Typically, you use persuasion when acting in good faith to foster friendships, make cordial requests or exhibit proper etiquette. Examples of persuading others include convincing a chamberlain to let your party see the king negotiating peace between warring tribes, or inspiring a crowd of townsfolk. Other charisma checks. The DM might call for a charisma check when you try to accomplish tasks like the following. Find the best person to talk to for news, rumours and gossip. Blend into a crowd to get the sense of key topics of conversation. Spellcasting ability. Bards, paladins, sorcerers and warlocks use charisma as their spellcasting ability, which helps determine the saving throw DCs of spells they cast. Saving throws. A saving throw, also called a save, represents an attempt to resist a spell, a trap, a poison, a disease, or a similar threat. You don't normally decide to make a saving throw. You're forced to make one because your character or monster is at risk of harm. To make a saving throw, roll a d20 and add the appropriate ability modifier. For example, you use your dexterity modifier for a dexterity saving throw. A saving throw can be modified by a situational bonus or penalty and can be affected by advantage and disadvantage, as determined by the DM. Each class gives proficiency in at least two saving throws. The wizard, for example, is proficient in intelligence saves, as with skill proficiencies, proficiency in a saving throw lets a character add his or her proficiency bonus to saving throws made using a particular ability score. Some monsters have saving throw proficiencies as well. The difficulty class 
for a saving throw is determined by the effect that causes it. For example, the DC for a saving throw allowed by a spell is determined by the caster's spellcasting ability and proficiency bonus. The result of a successful or failed saving throw is also detailed in the effect that allows the save. Usually a successful save means that a creature suffers no harm or reduced harm from an effect. That completes the read-through of Chapter 7, Using Ability Scores, from the Dungeons & Dragons Player's Handbook. Thank you for listening. More content will follow.